0: actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast, episode 331, I'm your host, Emily Aries, the founder and CEO of Bossed Up, and I am very much pregnant right now. (laughs) So today we are continuing our special May 2021 series on the intersection of motherhood and work with a really awesome conversation I just had with author and consultant and coach, Daisy Dowling. Now I'll tell you more about Daisy in a moment, but let me just give you the highlights of this conversation. She and I shared candidly, the many challenges that come with not just planning and trying to prepare for becoming a working parent, but for navigating that transition of going back to work after your entire world has shifted. So as someone who is on the precipice of such a identity crisis, question mark, I don't know, identity shift, um, it was extremely encouraging to hear from her. And frankly, just a really, really delightful conversation. I think you're going to enjoy. And let me just say this, even if you are very much not a working parent, today's conversation can help shed more light and perhaps bring more transparency and empathy to understanding what working parents are navigating Uh, in the workplace, because these are your colleagues, right? These are your clients. These are people, these are millions of American workers right now who've just gone through a insane pandemic, just like the rest of us, but with some unique challenges. Uh, If you are considering becoming a working parent someday, this is especially appropriate for you to think about how to prepare. And Daisy shares some really practical advice for making sure you're setting yourself up for success and if you are a working parent it's never too late to hear the great advice that Daisy has to share about how to make it all work that's my big question for her today so first a little background Daisy Dowling's the founder and CEO of Work Parent the leading consulting training and research firm exclusively focused on working parents and the organizations that employ them Daisy began WorkParent with a simple, bold vision that all working parents could succeed on the job and remain true to themselves while raising terrific kids. And she takes pride in doing so. Daisy also created and writes the Harvard Business Review's first ever column on working parent issues. And she's the author of Work Parent, The Complete Guide to Succeeding on the Job, Staying True to Yourself, and Raising Happy Kids, which is out later this month. In fact, I just pre-ordered a copy of mine today. Among her many impressive accolades, awards, and achievements, I should also mention that Daisy's also a Brown University grad. Uh, so we share that background. And she also studied at Harvard Business School. Daisy lives in New York with her husband, a proud working father, and their two young children. Daisy Dowling, welcome to the Boston Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, First of all, I am so personally delighted to be speaking with you. I just pre-ordered your fantastic book, Work Parent, which is timely because I'm preparing to become a work parent this September with my first child on the way. So I'm really excited to be chatting with you and really excited to be chatting with a fellow Brown University alum. So thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me, and congratulations, first off. <laughs> Thank you. So first, tell me a little bit about how you found yourself writing, thinking, consulting on the issues really related to that intersection of of working parenthood.
1: Yeah. So the, the simple answer is because I desperately needed to, both personally and professionally. So for many years, I worked inside large companies and organizations as a leadership development professional, as a career and executive coach. And my job was to help other people figure out how to achieve their ambitions, perform well at work, get ahead, etc. And I was confident in the workplace side of that. But over and over, I had so many committed, high performing, hardworking men and women come to me and say, yeah, thanks for the advice about how to delegate better or how to manage my calendar. Mm. But what, what do I do about the fact that I've got 18 month old twins at home who aren't sleeping and I'm exhausted? And how do I approach having a conversation with my boss about, you know, that fact, for example. Right. And, and there was all this awkward stuff and I had nothing for him. I had no bag of tricks I could reach into and provide good advice. And then nine years ago, I became a full-time working mom myself. And I realized even while I was expecting that I didn't know where to turn to for all the kinds of support, motivation, specific advice. How was I supposed to find care? Mm. How was I, how was I going to set my new schedule up? What, how was I going to do any of this stuff (laughs) or think about my own ambition Yeah, and and so because i because i needed to have some of the answers i went out to go find them and i started speaking to working moms and dads in all different professions family structures phases of parenting different fields different ultimately different parts of the country and mm. the world and asked them each the same question which is what do you wish you had known what works what's your best advice for me mm. and n- 9 years later i'm still i'm still gathering all that data i'm still doing research but But that's um, now what I use to advise my clients, and that's in the book.
0: That's great. I love that. These are the questions that I recently was asking myself and my husband from the floor of my living room (laughs) where I found myself (laughs) having a small, you know, just a weekly meltdown uh, in my second trimester on the floor at the end of a long week where I was feeling really good about the hard work I'd put in on my business, and I was like, wait, how the hell are we going to do this again? Like, what the Right. F- I mean, honestly, they're just, just like the one big question I have for you is how? How does anyone make this work? How do you even begin thinking about this? Let's start with with at pregnancy, you know, when you know this is a looming change that's coming down the pipeline.
1: Yeah. So it's such a big challenge that a lot of people sort of freeze up. It's like, what do I do now? So let's break it down into some of its component parts. If you've just found out you're expecting, or you're in your second trimester now, important thing to do Mm -hmm. before you begin any of the tactical planning, like daycare versus nanny, the important thing to do is think through and map out your working parent template. Mm. Your working parent template is the kind of collage-like collection of different experiences you've had, advice you've gotten, and observations you've made about working parenthood really over the course of your whole life,
0: mm.
1: and that together have come together and have created a picture, usually kind of a back-of-your-mind picture, but a powerful one nonetheless, as to what working parenthood is and means and requires, and particularly what good working parents do and right. are. And so, let's say growing up, your um, you know mom worked full time, but was able to leave work at five o'clock, didn't have to check email um, because we didn't have iPhones <laughs> right. in the evening, came home and always cooked a full meal, and you sat down together for dinner. Well, you may have internalized an idea that that's what g- good working moms do, or that's what you know mm. cooking for your family or eating with your family. That's part of you know my compass as a you know as a working parent. Mm. Or or all your friends in your social media feed are telling you that after you have a baby, you really need to think about, you know, reducing your schedule or going (laughs) part-time. Right. So neither of those things is good or bad. Those are those experiences and opinions are real, they're valid, they're yours. But if you don't have a clear image, if you don't look at that picture, what you are going to be doing is being influenced by, and having all of your decisions and Mm. actions and feelings influenced by all of those things that you've picked up over time. Mm -hmm. It'll be like you're dragging around a bag of rocks. You'll feel like, well, how, how are we going to do this? I'm not going to be able to get home at 5 PM each evening. Probably not because your template is not your reality. Mm. So assignment this weekend, grab a piece of, you know, clean white paper, jot down some of those impressions and then step back and say, that might be my template, but now I'm going to create a new one Mm -hmm. because my, my reality is going to be ordering in. (laughs) <laughs> or th- that i need babysitting of this kind or babysitting on weekends or whatever it is and that is the place from which you can start to operationalize it's
0: interesting because it sounds like you're saying to make those unconscious values that we hold really explicit which especially if you're you know co-parenting with a partner it's so important to make sure those unconscious assumptions are out in the open because everyone's got their own different picture in their head that's often not articulated until there's a huge chasm between expectation and reality. So you're saying to essentially get ahead of that and start to experience that gap between what I think a good working mom or good working dad looks like and what we can do and how we can feel about that dissonance. Is that right?
1: Exactly. It's, it's basically a quick exercise mm. that allows you to come at working parenthood in a way that's mindful and deliberate, and that ultimately will work best for you. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. You know, I was reading earlier today the uh, Working Parents Survival Guide <laughs> that you wrote for the Harvard Business Review, which I'll link to in today's show notes, and found that the the sort of five categories that you bucket into, you know, how to think about all of the things that there are to think about. Which I love when you were talking about getting unsolicited advice or or getting you know hearing from friends on social media about what we must do because that is in my experience since the minute my pregnancy was announced was like oh my gosh let me send you a list of seventy five things you absolutely need uh, but I like the way that you break it down into five really concrete categories transition practicalities communication loss and identity I wonder if you could speak to to how how to begin organizing that in your mind. Right.
1: So so in that article I those those five key challenges are the ones those are things where working parents tend to stumble the most. Mm. And and as an expectant parent, I'm actually going to drill down on one of them which I think is really really critical. You you're going to you're going to think a lot, I would imagine, through practicalities, like what is my care arrangement gonna look like, or how am I gonna manage my schedule? Mm-hmm. But the but the communications piece is something that a lot of expectant or brand new parents don't don't focus on enough. Mm. And when you are thinking about the communications that you have with colleagues, with managers, with Bosses, with investors, with clients, with counterparties of all different kinds, when you're expecting and that critical first year back, like your first year as a working parent sort of gets you into a groove.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: want to think about owning your narrative during that time. Right. If you don't tell people, here's how I'm approaching working parenthood, or here's how my career ambitions haven't changed or have changed you create the opportunity for a lot of misunderstanding to occur. Mm. Just to give a, a specific example from my own experience, I was in a high-pressure job. I had been really focused on trying to get to a promotion when I announced I was expecting. And my managers were really supportive and it was wonderful. But one of them said, as soon as I announced, said, oh, well, don't worry. We'd be delighted to have you back for that, you know, two-day-a-week or three-day-a-week, you know, work week for that arrangement. Mm-hmm. And it was from a place of wonderful support, but part of me wanted to say, hey buddy, we were just talking about my you know, my run up to promotion and how I could get ahead. Now I understand you're being supportive, but you're making assumptions there and I didn't know how to correct them.
0: Right. I,
1: I didn't know what to say. So as you think about the communications challenge now, think what do you want your colleagues or other people around you work-wise to know? How are you planning to approach this? Are you still enthusiastic about your work? When the day that you come back from parental leave and you probably feel pretty conflicted, you probably feel a little bit upset or, you know, missing the baby. When somebody says, how are you? Right. Think, think about saying something like, well, you know, of course it's my first day back and I miss the baby terribly. But I'm excited to be on this new project that we have with the California client. And I know that in Friday's meeting, we're going to be able to do some great brainstorming about the solutions that we can provide them. And it's really good to be back with the team. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it, in that way, you've been authentic. You've said, yeah, it is upsetting to be you know, back or away from the baby. But you've also conveyed to people, really importantly, that you're in the game.
0: Right. We had a client at Bossed Up who just went through our Level Up Leadership Accelerator who was in a similar spot, angling for a promotion on her way out for maternity leave. And there are so many unspoken assumptions at work, at play, amongst all of us, really, um, that influence other people's expectations about what that's going to look like. And I remember working with her to get all her ducks in a row, knowing that she was going to be missing the annual review period. So she did her own self-evaluation early. She had set up and asked for a review with her boss ahead of schedule and really empowered him to go to the mat for her, to make her case in her absence for her promotion. But it was all very up in the air, even with a really well-intentioned boss, uh, even with making her intentions and ambitions really explicit. It wasn't a guarantee by any means. And I just got an email from her about a month ago saying, you know, five days back from maternity leave, and I just got the promotion and 20% raise that we were prepping me for. And it's amazing to see when you can take an assertive role in shaping that narrative, even getting ahead of that narrative. Uh, You know, you can condition others on how you really want to be seen. Is that what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. Listen, your colleagues aren't clairvoyant. And they can be well-intentioned, but they can't read your mind. So you can't control everything that they do or, you know, what the promotion committee decides, but you can definitely control in in a very collegial, collaborative way. You can control what you want people to know Mm. about you as a working parent.
0: Right. That's interesting. And in the age of social media, I feel like the digital communication is just as important as the verbal stuff, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All the different ways in which you're communicating both directly. Um, you know, the fact that you've keep refreshing your LinkedIn profile while you're yeah. expectant or while you're on parental leave, if you have, you know, new things that you want, want to add in there. So it, it's about thinking about the totality of your career mm. and, and paying, doing some good career hygiene, even while you're also facing the practicalities and, and sort of the new identity that you're stepping into those other challenges.
0: Right. I think what, what makes me pause is the uncertainty of it all. I know everything is uncertain, and man, did twenty twenty make that clear. Uh, but I feel like it's so hard to predict how you're going to feel about work. You know what I mean? That's that's the hard part for me. Is you talk about identity shifting, I'm I'm having trouble predicting how i'm going to relate to my work once i have this new being in my life you know what i mean like how do you wrap your head around staying present while also wanting to be prepared
1: right so the way to do that is to think about the things or the areas that you you want to and can be prepared for mm. while realizing that you know emotions shift and you know, how you feel about, you know, being a parent, being a professional, all that kind of stuff, that it may change. And it may mm. change in ways that really surprise you. That's okay. But you're going to have to figure that out or, or experience that then. What you can do now, though, is set up your working parent operating system, right? Mm-hmm. So on your, on your computer, there's all the stuff that happens like that you probably don't want to think about all the time, like the kind of the software and the guts of the computer, you want it to all be running well, so that you can just do stuff that you need to on the screen. And it's the kind of the same thing with working parenthood. So you don't know how you'll feel, Mm. but right now is a great time, for example, to be investigating the different forms of care for Mm. the baby. Mm -hmm. So that by the time you're ready to start care, that you feel like you've made a really thoughtful and considered decision that you are really ready. If you go with daycare, you're really ready um, for what that, you know, what that entails in terms of, you know, Having, you know, planning out how you're going to h- handle and structure each day to get to care on time, to be able to get to work, to be able to get to pick up, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, you can also think about other forms of help and support that you get. Like if it, if it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a really robust, well-architected village to, to raise a child as a working parent Yeah, and, and all the different forms of mentorship, support, advice, care, um, all of that, how you're going to, if you have a partner or spouse, how the two of you are going to handle it together, all of that operational stuff you can think through now so that when you get to the point where you're having all those new feelings, mm. that you're not worried about making it to daycare pickup by 545.
0: Right, 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 right. Yeah, the logistic. That's my that's my comfort zone as a type a person. I'm like, yeah, let's dive into the logistics. The feelings part is harder. Um, go,
1: but, but go with it, lean right, into that right. because, because the beautiful thing about working parenthood is that so many, yeah, being a parent is different, but so many of your awesome professional skills, your mm-hmm. project management, your organization, like if you have stuff on pivot tables in Excel, whatever, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, A lot of that can really serve you. So
0: use it. Yeah. Honestly, Brad the Boo and I are both big time project managers. And once I got his head wrapped around the concept of like family needing a project management tool as well, he was like, oh, perfect. I love Trello. And he just went on a tear setting up our household Trello account with like five different Trello boards now. So we're now communicating in digital checklists across the whole platform and as much as it's overwhelming to sit down and make those lists for the first time it's such a relief to get them out of our head and onto something that we can reference together uh, yeah I love whatever
1: it. system works for you <laughs> whatever approach your system makes it feel makes you feel more competent mm. because if you have that feeling of confidence and of being in the driver's seat
0: mm-hmm.
1: working parenthood is going to be easier
0: right so let's fast forward a little bit uh, to g- coming back from mat leave or, or parental leave, assuming you have it, <laughs> because we are in the U.S. where it's very much not a guarantee. Uh, what is the experience like for so many of your clients on ramping back to work in some form or fashion? What are the what are the considerations we should be making?
1: yeah so so here's some things to think about ahead of time, right because it it can be um it can be a really daunting transition it can be hard in the moment, and that's natural that's mm. normal so the the first thing just to to bear in mind is that if you are having a little bit of a tough time with the return that not only are you not alone that it would actually be a bit alarming if you weren't having a difficult time with the transition <laughs> right. because then you would sort of wonder um you know are you sufficiently bonded to the baby so it's sort of a it might feel a little bit crummy at first but that's actually the symptom of a good thing that Mm. you're trying to do well in both parts of your life just tactically a couple of things that can take some of the edge or the sting off i you know this is a widely held piece of advice but it's a great one go back on a thursday right start start your week in a very small way, so that Thursday morning you, you come to work for the first time, maybe it's a little overwhelming, but that you know, but by the end of day, the next day, first of all, you'll have kind of a little bit of a routine. You mm. will have done a work day twice, but you'll be at the weekend and you'll, and you'll be able to bond and hang out at home and bond with the baby again.
0: I love that so much. I've never heard that. That's fantastic.
1: And then the other thing to kind of take that just initial jolt away is to do a rehearsal day. So the first morning you go back, you do, you know, care handover, you arrive at work, et cetera. There's so many things that can kind of throw you off game in that experience or just stress you out. So a few days ahead or even a week ahead of when you're going to return, have an as if day where you get the baby ready to do the daycare drop off and you actually do the commute. And You know, if you are going back into the office, or you you practice logging in at a certain time, Mm. or you think you think about what the backdrop is going to be on your Zoom or whatever, and because you've already done it once, when you do it the day of, you'll feel like. I got this. Yeah. I know. I've You know, I've done it before.
0: I love that so much. It's like, go, go, go. This is not a drill. You know what I mean? I could see a family like operationalizing this from the playbook from our rehearsal day. I love that.
1: Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> and and it lets you spot any glitches. Well, gee, it you know, it can take a long time to get babies bundled and out the door and mm-hmm. into a stroller. We all know that. So think how long you do need to what, how you do need to structure your morning routine to make that work.
0: Yeah, I've got a vision of like my mother with a stopwatch clocking us in. Like, all right, <laughs> phase one complete. All right, you know what I mean? It's so crazy. Right, that's how. Right. That's my attitude around this right now. It's like, oh my god, how are we going to do this? So, uh, I'll get the stopwatch today and and start rehearsing. I love it.
1: You yeah, know- but also but also lower the bar a little bit for yourself <laughs> when you when you go back from parental leave. Your job is not to do everything perfectly to feel terrific and to be conquering the world professionally on day one. Mm. Your job in the first few weeks is to get into a routine. Mm. And with that as your goal, you you also have a little bit more confidence because it's, it's manageable.
0: I think that's a really important question that keeps coming up in our community where in Bossed Up, there's a lot of women uh, navigating this or thinking about navigating this who are saying – how do i manage my own expectations of myself much less everyone else's because you've spoken to you know taking control of your narrative and how you're you know choosing mindfully what to share with others but what about that narrative of guilt of not being up to speed like you were before of not being the same kind of professional that you were before how do you navigate the internal monologue
1: okay so here's here's an assignment I want you, again, whenever you have you know, 30 minutes free, we're all busy, but when you can sit down and just really focus and think, I want you on, again, on a clean sheet of paper, for one side will say professional and the other side will say parent. Mm. I want you to put down five to seven, no more, adjectives or words or catchphrases that describe who you are and who you want to be in each of those spheres. Mm. So yeah. let's say as a professional you're – you know, judicious and hardworking and responsive and whatever, you know, fill in the blanks. And as a parent, you want to be nurturing, kind, patient, funny, you know, whatever it is. Mm. Jot that down as a way of giving yourself real clarity around what does what does doing well look like for me? Mm. As I think about my professional identity, what's important? If I'm showing up as these things, then i'm on the right path i'm you know i'm headed down the right track and with that specificity and keep that sheet with that specificity you can keep reminding yourself okay i you know what i dialed into that meeting late because my 2 year old was having a tantrum and oh my gosh i feel you know i feel guilty mm. but i dialed into that meeting and i was a real contributor and i i was creative which is important for me to be in my work and i helped drive the ball forward it it allows you to take a more holistic view. And and as you think about what kind of professional you want to be, realize it doesn't have to be exactly the same as before mm-hmm. you became a parent. If if being the hardest worker has always been really important to you or really responsive, well maybe now being efficient
0: is top of your list. Right. I think that's really important. Kind of reminds me of the talk about body (laughs) image too, right? Like we're not, the the whole snapback culture is so insane. The idea that your body is going to be the same as it was before in, you know, record time or ever just sets up such an unrealistic expectation for us, or so I assume, I don't know, we'll find out. And the same thing goes for what work, working professionals look like. I think the... The title of your book, Work Parent as One Word, is such an interesting indicator of what we're talking about here, right? It's this shift in terms of what happens identity wise, but also, you know, we're not talking about working parents and doing exactly the same amount and quality and and and, and same kind of work that you did before. it might look different and accepting that as a, as a, a presupposition of the whole thing.
1: Yeah. And that, that, that doesn't mean that it's less than, yeah, I, I, I used that title for the book and I refer to work parent, all one word mm. because each, each and every one of us is one whole individual person doing two different separate things, your, mm-hmm. you know, your job yeah. and parenting. And that's not a contradiction.
0: Mm. Yeah. I like that. I think that's uh, markedly different than the whole work-life balance conversation (laughs) of yesteryear, which no one ever really liked anyway. You know what I mean? Nobody ever came up with the perfect uh, solution there. So that integration seems really important. How much of this, Daisy, as two Ivy League graduates living in metropolitan areas, I got to ask you, how much of this is just all related to class and money? Where does that fit in to all of this?
1: yeah so listen, certainly having a child is an incredibly expensive proposition mm. and the type the type of work that you do can really play into that we've seen this during the pandemic if you are able if you have the opportunity to work remote, that can really affect how you know how the approach you can take to parenting or mm. how much it may cost you to be a parent over the past year versus if you your job involves because you're working in healthcare, for example, actually having to, you know, physically show up. Mm. So there, there's so many different um, things around type of work, level of resources you have, and so forth. And and what I, without turning away from the issue of privilege at all, w- what I do encourage all of my coachees to think about is how am I trying to maximize for myself. So let's say I'm on a very limited budget or let's say I don't have grandparents who live in the same city who are ready to pitch in all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't have those advantages, but at the same time, I owe it to myself to try and find as much as I can. Mm. So maybe I I don't, I can't afford a lot of paid care, but are there other people who are, you know, neighbors, members of my community, um, you know, other supporters who can help pitch in? Are there people at work who can give me great tips or advice to other, you know, as to how to handle my dual responsibilities? You know, can I throw my groceries on the automatic reorder app and Mm. save myself 15 minutes? These things are small, but it's usually when you talk to working parents who are really stressed out and strained, Mm. which we all are to some degree, even some of those small steps forward can take, can turn something that's Overwhelmingly busy and intense into something that's manageably really busy and intense. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, that is an interesting shift. That's <laughs> that would be a win. Manageably intense and really busy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's real. I, I think that's that's a fair assessment. It is interesting in the U.S. in particular. I think we're, cha- you know, there's a shifting dialogue around the role of the public sector and the social safety net and, and where it does or doesn't intersect with making working parents' lives easier. But, you know, we're still far, we're still very much all on our own is what it feels like.
1: We are, but, but here's what I think is the, you know, the interesting thing and potentially very encouraging thing there's 52 million American working parents. So men and women Mm -hmm. who are working full time and have a child under 18 at home that they're responsible for. And we come in all different packages. Um, You know, 50% of that group is in busy dual career couples, 25% are single parents. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of range and a lot of people with a lot of pressures on them. Every single one of us, that's a really big group. And the pandemic, And the pandemic has just let the genie out of the bottle Mm -hmm. in terms of it's lifted this curtain on how hard working parenthood is. So I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. Mm -hmm. And I I agree with what you just said, but we have the opportunity to take a huge step forward right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. and starting individually and also collectively figuring out better for the future, moving into working parenthood
0: Mm 2.0. Amen. I completely agree. I think it's an interesting uh, way of looking at it because Zoom has, uh, you know, for those of us who are fortunate enough to work from home, all of a sudden we s- we've we seen <laughs> the intrusion of real life and our personal lives on on the impact it has on all of us as professionals. That's great. Well, Daisy, thank you so much for sharing your time, your talent, your expertise with myself and our listeners today. You've got a lot of great places and great resources online where folks can keep up with you. Where would you direct our listeners to go to learn more?
1: Well, you can pick up a copy of my book, which has tons of tips and techniques for when you find out you're expecting all the way through your child's teenage years. uh, And you can use that as a resource. You can go to my website, uh, which is www.workparent.com or you can follow me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn.
0: I love it. I just pre-ordered your book today. I cannot wait for it to get here. It's published May 25th, right? Yes. Awesome. Congratulations, by the way. This is all so exciting, and your timing is quite perfect for me and for the Boss Up podcast, so <laughs> thanks again <laughs> for being here. Well, glad to be of help. For more information and links to all of the great resources that Daisy and I talked about, head to org slash episode 331. And now it's time for this week's Boss Move of the Week. This week, I want to give a major shout-out to Liana. Liana is a longtime member of the boss Up community and recently went through Hired, our job search accelerator. And just a few months after she got through Hired, she just landed her first ever director-level position and negotiated a sweet starting salary to match that position. This all comes a year after Liana found herself, like millions of Americans, laid off because of COVID-19 after working for years for the same awesome, fast-growing retail company uh, that just, like so many businesses, had to make some really tough choices. Liana, I'm so proud of your hard work, your diligence, your perseverance during this challenging year and just want to celebrate you. So congrats to Liana, a huge win for her and a win for the whole Boss Up community. I am so, so proud of how you you really stuck your landing. You, you, you nailed your pivot uh, and you've landed in a great position that I know you're going to thrive in. So congrats, boss. If you've got a boss move to share, Feel free to email me, send it in, shout it out in the Bossed Up Courage community on Facebook, or we'd love to hear your voice. We'd love to feature a little vocal diversity on this podcast, so feel free to call yours in at 910-668-BOSS or 2677. And now, Boss, I want to hear from you. What did you think about this conversation? What additional questions do you have about working parenthood? And how have you navigated this? If you've been here before, please share any and all words of wisdom and advice as much as I uh, do sometimes lament the unsolicited advice that I have already received as a pregnant person. Let me make this clear. I'm very much soliciting your feedback as members of the Boss Up community and as pod pals. I'd love to know what has made coming back to work work for you and what's made it work for your household, for your family, for your partner, if you're co-parenting. And for your colleagues, your boss, your clients, like literally how, how on earth is everybody doing this? Any and all feedback, advice, wisdom is more than welcome. You can always message me on social media at Emily Aries or at boss.org, or join us in the Bossed Up Courage community, the best place on Facebook to be where we continue the conversation after every podcast episode. I hope to see you there. Until next time. Let's all just keep bossing in pursuit of our purpose and together let's lift as we climb.